0: Hello and welcome to night number 28 of 31 Nights of Frights, Year 3, The Franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night 28 takes us to the 10th entry in the Friday the 13th series. That's right, we made it all the way to 10 or X, however you want to call this one. Starring Kane Hodder once again as Jason Voorhees. This is the 2002 James Isaacs-directed Jason 10, or Jason X. Alright, so first things first, I know everybody calls this movie Jason X. I think that is probably because of the fact that it's well into the future with this one. So it's supposed to be futuristic, so it's like Jason but he's now stronger than ever. He's bulletproof. It's Jason X. Even though this is the 10th in the franchise, so New Line Cinema did not own the Friday the 13th name, but they did get the rights to Jason. So I feel that they're honestly just telling you, hey, this is the 10th movie with Jason. And yes, it's in continuity. And this movie is very, very campy. Normally I would give my own plot rundown or my own plot synopsis, whatever you'd like to call it. But this one here that's posted on Google is too hard to pass up because it is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't feel it describes the movie well at all. So here we go. The year is 2455. The place is old earth. Once the shimmering blue jewel of the galaxy, Old Earth is now a contaminated planet, abandoned for centuries. Yet humans have returned to the deadly place that they once fled, not to live, but to research the ancient, rusting artifacts of the bygone civilizations that caused this environmental disaster. And little does the most recent landing party of intrepid young explorers realize the fate that awaits them. This sounds far better than what the movie actually presents. Yes, it does a rundown of what actually occurs in the movie, but it makes it sound a little bit more, I don't know, epic than what it actually is. All you need to know about this one, old Earth, Jason gets frozen, winds up getting thawed out, and, well, it's Jason killing people in space. The movie starts off with some CGI moving around in a body with the reds, you could almost assume at the very start. This is Jason coming back from hell, but no, it's a doctor researching Jason. It seems that no matter what they do, they can't kill him, so they keep him in a suspended state of animation. Jason is due for transport and he winds up getting free. So this is where one of the cameos in the movie, the only cameo in the movie, honestly I don't even know how they got this but David Cronenberg has a cameo that's right the director of The Fly, Dead Ringers, Videodrome, whole bunch of movies he's here in this film I have no idea what he's doing here did he owe somebody a favor I can't believe that he would do it honestly I'm glad he did it I'm a fan of his movies it was fun to see him here i'm just wondering how this actually happened that actually brings me to this point and it tells us what we're exactly getting ourselves into which is pure cheese and camp the idea of studying jason in a crystal lake research facility honestly it's ridiculous the production in this looks like a direct-to-video film everything screams low budget cheap the cgi looks only slightly better than a sci-fi channel production I don't know. I feel like this movie makes a nice sibling to Leprechaun 4 in space. I think Hellraiser 4 in space was actually better than this one. Maybe this is producer Sean S. Cunningham. Maybe it was his answer to fans that did not like the last entry and its lack of Jason. We get a more traditional Jason being Jason, but it's wrapped up in a sci-fi story, and overall... The story goes too far into the sci-fi aspect. I don't care about this. It's almost like they were trying to do a Star Trek meets Friday the 13th. It's a weird combination. We get all that standard sci-fi stuff. We even get a badass android. This badass android appears to have Pinocchio syndrome where Pinocchio wanted to be a real boy. This android wants to be a real woman. So one of the things that actually occurs is that she's getting fitted for nipples. You know, because all the other women have them. I gotta say I do like the apocalyptic plot where Earth is dead and that it's no longer sustainable. Earth is a wasteland. I like that they show that. They only scavenge the original Earth for life and maybe something useful. Apparently it's commonplace to find cryogenically frozen people. And bring them back. It's established a little bit later in the movie. When they're trying to make a fortune off of Jason and their survivor that they found at the Crystal Lake Research Lab. Because they would be the oldest living beings. If you're wondering where everybody lives, apparently it's a place with a very original name. And that is Earth 2. That's right, they called it Earth 2. I believe that was a TV show in the 90s as well. I didn't watch it. This movie is notable for being Kane Hodder's last outing as Jason. It's a shame that this is his last Jason appearance. I also don't like the fact that we do get to see Jason without his mask, however, you can tell that Kane Hodder does not have any makeup on under the mask itself. He looks just like a regular guy in a Jason mask running around. The other noteworthy thing when it comes to the Jason Voorhees character, this is where Jason gets nano repair. Jason winds up becoming even more unstoppable than before. When he gets his new mech nano coating on him, he is apparently bulletproof. I gotta say, while it's kind of cool looking, it looks a little much. This is supposed to be like a metal mask and whatnot. This mask looks like plastic to me, at least we do get to see that Kane Hodder's wearing some sort of facial prosthetics and makeup here. Jason has some red eyes now, I guess to make him more vicious looking, but overall I feel like they tried to reinvent the wheel here and instead they wound up coming out with something that's more of an octagon and couldn't replicate that wheel properly. This movie does have a fan base. I've seen it a few times over the years and with my recent reviewing of it, I can't say that I liked it any more than what I did in the past. I've never been a huge fan of this one, mostly because while we do get Jason being Jason, it's wrapped up in that sci-fi story. And while I do like sci-fi, as I stated, it seems like they're trying to mix in a Star Trek-esque type of story or... Maybe even, I don't know, what was those other ones that were around at the time? Babylon 5, maybe? It seems like they were just trying to strike up something that was popular at the time, or was popular in the past. Maybe this would have a cross appeal to people that maybe don't like horror, but like sci-fi. I don't know. I remember the commercials on TV that had the drowning pool song Bodies in it, they had that in the commercial, they had it in the trailer. That's really the thing I remember most. So while I'm not a fan of this one, I know that there's a lot of people out there that are, including my co-host on In Our Honest Opinion, Will. He told me that he loves the movie because of the cheese and camp factor. I can actually appreciate a movie that is cheesy. I like a number of bad films. This is just one that doesn't really do it for me. There is a noteworthy kill in this one that I know people know about even if they haven't seen this one. So since I did it for I think all of them, I'm going to do a kill rundown on this one. We have stabbed through a cryogenic freezing door. Not quite a kill, but Jason inadvertently cuts off an arm while frozen. Pyrogenic face freeze and smash, that's the noteworthy one, that's very inventive, I gotta give them mad props on that one. Machete through the gut, virtually cut in half and virtually decapitated, broken in half over the knee, bloodless head smash, neck snap, punched over a railing and impaled, throat slit, cut in half, impaled on a crane hook, stabbed twice through the gut, Off screen slice, off screen decapitation, electrocuted, blown up in an emergency escape pod, which had me laughing quite a bit because it's ridiculous. Sucked through a hole on the ship, which again, another laughing moment because it's ridiculous. Oh, by the way, that girl was sucked through that hole in the ship because Jason was out in space. He made his way back and punched a hole in the ship. I'm gonna say this one has some fun dialogue because it's horrible dialogue, but I like the idea that they mention about hockey when they see Jason's mask. They say that hockey was outlawed in 2024, so we don't have too many years to go till hockey's outlawed. Sorry, hockey fans. One other thing that I thought was nice was the virtual Camp Crystal Lake that they put up in the ship as a simulation and Jason can't kill the girls that are in the simulation because they're not real. It's a fun scene. It gives us a nice little nod to the sleeping bag kill, which I believe was in Friday the 13th, part 7. Could be wrong on that. They're starting to merge together, but I always thought that that kill was pretty funny. It remains funny in this film as well. I'm pretty sure you know if you enjoyed this movie or not already by now i myself am kind of in the middle on it i think it's probably my least favorite in the friday the 13th series that's not to say that there's not some fun to be had just this one is not my favorite in the series by any stretch of the imagination i think i'm going to close out tonight's episode as a reminder you can find me on twitter and instagram at adam underscore analyzes and if you don't do social media and want to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on some past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It will allow me to reach new listeners and also continue creating this podcast for you the listener but with that being said be kind and good night